Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We have got our draft review from the weekend. A pretty tough pill to swallow here. Uh, we bowed out of the Supercoach draft competition on the weekend. We spoke about it briefly in our Supercoach review on Monday morning. But I thought I'd just take a deeper dive into this game. Crowed all season when my team was flying, so you got to wear it when you crash and burn. And good God, didn't we crash and burn on the weekend. No excuses. Uh, we had the team to go further than what we did. We scored well, but didn't score as well as Stevie, who put on a draft masterclass on the weekend. Uh, it was all stacked against Steve. His top three picks uh, for 2023 were Nico Hines, Fafita, and Cam Murray. Those three players combined for 42 points on the weekend. So no excuses whatsoever. Got out drafted in this one. Uh, I like to pride myself on the waiver wire and I uh, got out waivered this week. No doubt about it. So Steve made some huge Huge moves on the waiver wire, which allowed him to win this game. We'll talk about those very, very quickly. But a really good example that no matter what goes on in draft, you are never out of it. Uh, it was halfway through the year where uh, I had Cleary, I had Turbo, I had KP, and you know all the boys in my comp essentially said, well, we're all playing for second. No one could possibly beat him. Didn't even make the grand final. So you can throw all that sort of shit out the window. I remember last year there was another guy in my comp that we all said we're playing for second. He didn't make the grand final levers. So the beauty of draft comps, which I think we consistently forget, is that it just comes down to finals and what happens on the day and the moves you make during the finals. And Stevie, he made some huge moves and took some big gambles, but also took some smart gambles throughout it as well to beat me. So uh, I was sort of in a position where I had enough of my team to not really make any huge moves. Uh, so I was sort of relying on the guys that I had, which I'd been confident in all year. And they still perform well. I still scored 900 points or whatever it might be. Uh, but yeah, some big, big moves by Stevie, who goes into the grand final this week. He takes on Tom, who I also didn't expect to win his prelim final. Uh, 
Um, I, I think probably the two underdogs, all things considered, based on what happened, uh, the two underdogs uh, sort of into the grand final. So once again, the beauty of Supercoast Draft, it is never done. It is never over. You are never, ever safe. And we've learned that the hard way over the last few years. But this one, definitely the toughest pill to swallow I have ever had in Supercoast Draft. The way it played out was just fucking wild. The boys are into the grand final this week. I'll do a little preview of that game where I'll go through their squads and their waiver picks and whatnot and talk about what I would have done, where where I think they've done well. But it is really interesting. One of the boys there, Tom, uh, he took Dylan Brown reasonably high. As you guys know, in the preseason, I sort of said I could never, ever take a Parramatta player early. In fact, I didn't even want to take a Parramatta player at all, and I didn't, simply because I have the buy this week, and you know they are automatically going to be out. So um, that's costly already, obviously. He's had a few restings and whatnot, which uh, I actually, I, I looked at the waiver wire this week, just just had a quick squiz at it once team list came out. And obviously round 27 is when we have our grand final. It's when all the absolute carnage happens. And fuck, I was so jealous that I wasn't playing with that waiver wire this week because there is so much opportunity. People complain and have a whinge about how they don't want the grand final to be round 27. There's too many restings all that fucking dribble, cowardly chat. It is the best possible time to be playing Supercoast Drive because you actually get to flex your muscles and show what you know by drafting properly and picking guys off the waiver wire that will work that week. Stevie, he absolutely nailed it this week, knocking me off, and I know he would have enjoyed it, and so he should have because he fucking killed it this week on the waiver wire, and that's what draft is about at the end of the day. So I'm very, I'm obviously jealous I'm not in the grand final one, but I'm super jealous that I don't get to play on this waiver wire this week because there are so many opportunities there. It is not even funny. I don't give a fuck how many players you've had arrested or whatever or injuries, whatever the hell it might be. There is opportunities galore there at the moment. So very, very jealous, very, very salty, uh, not happy about it. But you got to, as we say on the Monday podcast, you got to face the music. If you're going to chirp when you're up, you got to cop it when you're down. So let's get stuck in to the review of last week, which I've been dreading for the last few days. So the first game of the week, we had the Paramount. Eels 32 over the Penrith Panthers 18. Um, for me, I had a reasonably good night here. Obviously, Nath Cleary, he, I think he was on about 12 or 20 minutes to go. I think he went up to 91, then he updated to 109. So I had the VC on Nate. So that put me in a really good spot early. Peach scored a try, got 55. Peach was a really good get for me the last few weeks. I was hoping for a little bit more, to be honest with you, but we'll take that. Zach Hosking, 37. Obviously, I was hoping for more. Zach Hosking was an interesting one. I drafted him early. During the season, it looked like an absolute masterstroke. Held him for the finals, hoping uh, that he would get a starting starting spot come finals time. He did, uh, but he still scored shit. So probably taking an L on Zach Hosking because at the end of the day, when it mattered, he did not deliver. So 37 Supercoast points there for Hosking. Played limited minutes the week before, only 50. Played 50 this week as well. So that hurt me. If he plays 80, actually, if he plays 80, we're probably it would have been a really close, even closer grand final. But he didn't play 80. Didn't play 80 the week before, so should have seen that coming. Now, this was Steve's big first move. Uh, he knew he was going to have an AE somewhere, so he took a punt on Tom Jenkins, one of the could-be-anythings uh, that I've been talking about the last few years, and, geez, didn't he deliver 96 supercoach points in a loss. Did very, very well. So at the end of Thursday night, we'll sort of sit there going, okay, at that point, Nath Cleary was on 91, so it was, it was a decent VC, but it wasn't fantastic. He later updated, and Jenkins went up to 96. So all things considered, I think we were, like, I obviously had the better VC, so it had me in the better seat, but Steve obviously had 100 on his AE, which just makes life so much easier. You can essentially take out the worst scoring, the player you think is going to score the worst and sub them in for 100. So 
I was definitely in front on Thursday night because I had the VC, but Steve was also sit- sitting in, in, in a pretty decent little spot there. We then had Friday, uh, 6 p.m. game, Warriors 18 over the Dragon 6. I had Jackson Ford. He came off the bench. It was a big decision for me whether I play Ford or not. Um, he played the last 50 minutes and scored 47, so I was fucking stoked with that. Stevie had Adam Pompey. He's been a really good pickup for him. He's sort of picked him up and dropped him, I think, nine times throughout this season or something fucking ridiculous. But we got to the big stage. He scored a try and he kicked goals. He did really well to score 70 points there. The guy that probably wasn't great for him was Billy Burns, scored 38. I think he was on 20 at halftime, so he, I mean, he, he almost sort of matched that. Uh, but it was it was good to see Jackson Ford over the last 50 minutes sort of wrangle him in slowly and outscore him by 10. So at that point, I thought we were both sitting okay. The advantage I had was that I had had the VC. Steve was still up, but because I had that v- that big VC score, that sort of gave me a bit of an advantage. Um, I did. Now, it, it was pretty funny, actually. Now, if you guys listen to the Hello Sport podcast, uh, all talk episode I did, Steve was my mate that on draft day, um, I had first pick, he had second pick. I broke that news about uh, Nico Hines having an injury to start the season, sent the text around, and Steve was adamant uh, that I was just trying to fuck with him and I was just trying to get in inside his head and everything and whatnot. Um, so he had some pretty funny conversations that day. Uh, and then as it played out, obviously it was true. Nico was injured. Um, so then when we got to this weekend and I sent Steve a text and go, mate, I'm, I'm hearing that Nico could be out. He sort of went bullshit, not buying it. I'll believe it when you post it on Guru. And then of course, two hours later, uh, Nico Hines gets ruled out. So at that point, when Nico was ruled out, I sort of went, fuck, I am in such a good spot here. This is unreal. The The thing with Steve's team all year, and I don't think he'll, he'll, he'll get upset by me saying this, was that he had Fafita and he had Hines. And then he had good players below that, but the this across his whole squad, it wasn't built as well as my side, I would say even Kurt's side. It, it was really top-heavy on those big guys. And those, those big guys were big enough all year to be able to carry Steve, but it was very, very top-heavy. So once I knew that, you know, Nico Hines was out. And once I knew that Fafita was playing the Melbourne Storm, I was feeling pretty confident at that point. And I think he was a little bit nervous about what to come, what was to come for the weekend. We then had the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Cole Felt knocked over a 70 for Steve, scored a try. It was probably unlucky not to score more, to be fair. Kyle Felt scored 70. I had Lemuelu, who pretty much squared up. 61 points there, just all base, which was great to see. Uh, we then had Super Saturday kicked off. And this was... This was a pretty decisive game at the end of the day. The Melbourne Storm 37 over the Titans 16. I decided to play my AE as young Tonomapea. I thought left side for the Melbourne Storm. I think they will score points down there. Munster was quiet the week before. I think he stands up and has a big game. Of course, Munster scores fucking 88 or whatever. Uh, Xavier Coates scores three tries and young Tonomapea gets a fucking cold and scores 28 points, which put me in a bit of an awkward spot because it was really... I had to take out my hooker to play young Tonomapaya, um, and there was just no other decent hookers that were available and no other decent hookers that ended up actually scoring well anyway. Uh, so that put me in a tough spot. I sort of just had to wear that 28. But even by then, I sort of thought, you know what? I still think I'll find a way to win this. For Fafita, he played the Melbourne Storm. The Melbourne Storm did what the Melbourne Storm do best. They keep your best player quiet. 47 points for Fafita. So as I said off the top, Steve had his top three players. Fafita, Hines, Cam Murray combined for 47 points. So feeling very, very confident at that point. He also had Trent Leroux, who's been a good uh, a good little grab for him this year, score 43 points. Uh, we then moved to the Roosters and the Tigers game. I had Dane Laurie and Billy Smith, 51 and 46. That was all I needed. I thought Dane Laurie... 
I'm, uh, some, sometimes I'm not quite sure where he gets all of his fucking points from, but he manages to pull them out of his ass somehow, so we'll take it. 51 and 46 for Stevie. He had Stefano, who got 55. He, he, he got in a bit of a tussle late with JWH. I was hoping he might get sent. He didn't deserve to get sent, but I was hoping he might. He stayed on the field for a 55. So, uh, look, all, all of it has been reasonably even, but it's just slight advantages to Steve throughout the weekend. But because I had the VC and he was without Hines, I still thought I'm a really, really good shot in this. Uh, we then got to the Raiders-Broncos game. Um my players did well, well enough, I guess. Horsburgh and Tapanay, 56, 55. Not bad, but, you know, two guys that have got me 60, 65s for pretty much the entire season. And whilst that might not sound like much, when you only lose by 29 points, those extra 10 points that can really start to add up. Katoni Staggs uh, scored a try at one point, which was good. Missed a fucking stack of goals. Um, I also thought there was a chance he could have got a try assist or a line break assist on one play. Didn't end up getting it. That's how it goes in Supercoach. But I think the more costly thing with Katoni Staggs was his first fucking 20 minutes where he had feet for hands, missed tackles, penalties, everything that could go wrong for Katoni in the first 20 minutes did, except for somehow avoiding not getting sent from the field. He he, um, he struck out at Jordan Rappiner at one stage, which I could not believe didn't get a punishment. So as much as I sort of sit here and go, oh, Staggs made a heap of mistakes and he maybe could have got that extra try system, whatever, he probably also should have got Sinbin. So it probably all squares up realistically with him. More disappointing was just Corey Horsburgh and Joe Tappanay. Uh I just expected more from them in this game. Uh, I just needed to get 60-65, maybe an attacking start. It didn't come. Not many offloads from the two of them either. Uh, Stevie, probably his most disappointing player of the entire weekend was Corey Oates playing game 200. Herbie Farmworth just didn't didn't pass him the fucking ball. So shout out to Herbie. I'll be sending him a Christmas card this year. Uh, but wow, this one sort of surprised me. Tom Flegler. He had a wowser of a game. Uh, if I said to you that out of Horsburgh, Tapanay and Flegler, one of them scored 79 points in a game, I think you would take Tapanay and Horsburgh every day of the week. But Flegler, he was the best front row forward of them all the other night. I believe he's heading down to the Dolphins next year. Fuck, he's going to be a good signing. Had a line break at one point, but, I mean, even if you take away that line break, maybe two tackle breaks, you're still looking at like a 63, 65-point game. He was everywhere, Tommy Flegler. And, um, yeah, looking back on it, that was one that, that probably at the time I thought, ah, it's okay. My Raiders boys, they'll update. I'll catch up to him. That'll be sweet. But that was a real dagger. Uh, we then moved to... Sunday afternoon footy. We had the Bulldogs and the Manly Seagulls. Now, this game, this was probably the final, uh, not the final dagger, but I, I went into this game. So how it looked on Sunday, I was up by, I think, 60 points. I had Caelan Ponga and I had Adam Elliott to come, right? Um, he had Kohler, Marshu, Clune, and Crossland. He had to captain one of them. My thing, well, the way that I thought Steve would do it, and I actually thought when he didn't do this, he might have cost himself the game, which he got very close to. didn't end up happening. But Kohler, he would have been my captain every day of the week. I said that to Steve for before. As you guys know, um, I brought him into my Supercoach Classic team. I was very confident he was going to score well this week. He scored 125 points, and it potentially could argue it was unders. Got unlucky on a, on a few other plays that could, that could have potentially led to more. So at the end of that game, 125. Stevie had roped in a heap of points. I think at the end of that, sorry, I was up by about 60. And I had KP and Elliott. He had Kloon, Crossland, and Greg Marsh, who was his captain. So it was essentially four players on two. Um, and I had a 60-point head start. And... Um, 
the Kohler one really fucking hurt. That made it a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. And, you know, if he had one less attacking start in that game, one less try or whatever it might have been, it might have been a different story. Uh, but the way that it played out in that Newcastle game was honestly heartbreaking. So I had two players and 60 points. Stevie had four. The thing that I liked was that he had Greg Marshew. So... Marshu was his captain. So as you guys know with Greg Marshu, whenever he scores, it tends to be off Kalen Ponga. It's not very often Marshu scores a try that Kalen Ponga isn't involved in. He's not the usual kick target. It's only when they go out the back. And when they do go out the back, it is all set around KP and he makes all the decisions in that play. So from that point of view, I was feeling reasonably confident. Um, the other thing was, and this was another very good play by Steve, is that he picked up Adam Clune. So essentially what that meant is that it was always going to go Clune, KP, maybe Bradman Best, and then to Marshu. So unless KP could create something completely on his own or down the right-hand side, it meant that Steve was picking up points for Adam Clune, uh, and it also meant that when I was picking up points for KP, and if Marshu scored, I was getting points there. So it was it was just well played by Steve to pick that player. Um and the way it played out was that KP killed it. Adam Elliott was on fire. Adam Elliott scored 70 super coach points. So I picked him, pick three or pick four this year. I can't remember which one it was. I was very, very confident that Adam Elliott was going to do well this year. And to his credit, when it mattered, he did stand up and deliver me a huge game. KP scored 128, which was fantastic. So it meant that we were right in it. I was actually up by 70 with about 15 minutes to go. And then uh, KP had a try assist which I think at that point, Steve sent me a message saying, oh, it's done, it's over, it's all wrapped up. KP threw that try assist to Bradman Best. He was also injured. He stood up holding the shoulder, which took him out of the play. And then probably the toughest 10 minutes I have ever experienced in Supercoach. Whilst KP is getting a medical out the back, of course, the Newcastle Knights go down the left. What happens when they go down the left when KP isn't there? It's all up to Clune. And because KP isn't there, Marshu doesn't hold his fucking wing and he comes under. Clune turns it under to Marshu. Uh, so Marshu would have got a try, 17 points. Line break, 27 points. Uh, probably broke three or four tackles. So you're probably looking at about a 35-point play times two. That, put, that gave him 70. But the big dagger was that, of course, because KP wasn't on that fucking edge... Adam Clune gave the pass. So Adam Clune had already put Bradman Best over for one. He put uh, Greg Marshall over that one. So it ended up being about a 100-point play uh, as far as Greg Marshall being captain and Clune. So that was a really, really tough way to finish the season. Um, a season that we had done very, very well in. I actually think it's the best team I've ever had, to be completely honest with you. I've won two comps. I've been to five grand finals. But I genuinely do think this was the best team I've ever had. And uh, so that really, really stung. It hurt more than um, grand final losses, especially the way it finished. I went into that Newcastle game expecting to lose this and just put up such a good fight the entire game. And uh, it was all so exciting and so enjoyable. And then it was just heartbreaking at the very end. Got a couple of messages from the boys saying, oh, congratulations on making the grand final with 10 minutes to go, which was a real fucking kick in the dick. Uh, but that's the way that Supercoach goes sometimes. I've been on the end of unbelievable wins like that. I've now been on the end of an unbelievable loss like that, a gut-wrenching loss like that. Uh, I think it just hurts because my team was so good this year. Uh, so as I've said a few times like I think I finished the regular season 800 more points than the guy coming second uh, and then to finish in a prelim final where you score 900 uh, very very tough to swallow very tough to swallow but it's not like I got beat by a guy that got lucky or anything like that. I actually got beat by a guy that got unlucky. He lost his his top three picks combined for 47 points, as I said. So 
No excuses whatsoever. Frustrating as all hell. Uh, but Steve, he absolutely nailed it this weekend. So full credit to him. I do think he will win the grand final this weekend. We'll do a proper preview over the next day or two uh, and talk about what, how that will play out and how we think it'll work. But, you know, huge moves by Stevie. Obviously, the daggers were Jenkins, uh, who he got off the waiver wire. Uh, absolutely killed it. Despite a loss and Parramatta smashing Penrith, he still scored 96, so that was huge. Uh, the other play was Kohler. He's had him all year. I actually had Kohler last year. It was funny. I had Kohler last year. And, you know, he averaged 45, but he never scored above 52 or something like that. It was fucking ridiculous. He just never scored tries. And I complained about it all year to Steve. Steve, obviously the guy I speak to most about, Supercoach. Um, and then he drafted him this year. And I listened to the same shit for all these weeks about how he never gets the ball. Exact same stuff I was complaining about the entire year. And then, of course, we get to last week. Um, and Ruben Garrett gets ruled out. Um, so then Kohler comes in. He plays fullback. And I was so nervous about him all week. As you guys know, traded him in the Classic, thought he was going to go huge. Steve didn't captain him, which I thought was a huge mistake, which it could have quite possibly turned out to be if it wasn't for that fucking play at the end to Mars Hughes. So, well done to Stevie. Some big, big plays in that game. Jenkins and then Adam Clune was the real dagger towards the end. Phoenix Crossman played limited minutes. They played New Brown, who came off the bench. So it was interesting in that game watching, fuck, is New Brown going to take Adam Elliott off and play 13, or is he going to take Phoenix off? He ended up up taking Phoenix off, thank God. There was a couple of moments late in the game where Adam Elliott almost scored a try. I was uh, I was just about heartbroken, though, uh, sitting there watching that. I think this year just wasn't meant to be, as I said. Uh, scored the most most points in the comp by a long, long way, uh, almost by essentially a round, an entire round over the guy that scored the second most points. Finished fourth, only locked up a top four spot with two weeks to go, which is where I wanted to be anyway, so that was okay. But it was just a weird season. It just felt like... It wasn't meant to be, despite the team I had. Um, obviously, the other dagger was that Kohler scored 125, uh, which was funny. I know that the guy that lost the other prelim final, he had Ruben Garrick who got ruled out. So he was filthy. He didn't have Ruben Garrick scoring 125. Keep in mind, I originally had Turbo. So if Turbo was there... Fuck, it could have been something completely different. But that was the risk that I took with my trade. Um, a lot of the boys in my comp, as you guys know, at that period, try to pretend like they weren't injury prone. Uh, and, of course, my season, realistically, ends up being defined by Tom Travojevic being injured, not being available, Kohler jumping in at fullback and killing it, and then, of course, KP being injured uh, in the last 10 minutes of that game to provide the opportunity for Kloon. But this is smart footy by Steve, and this is what you got to do in draft. He looked at my team went, okay, KP's the guy that could sink me. He could go huge this weekend. I've already got the guy outside KP in Marshu. I might as well get the guy inside him in Adam Kloon, and it turned out to be the difference. So a huge, huge win by Stevie there, 933 points to 904 I think he was winning by about 45 points before final updates came into, what is it, 29 points. Um, so, yeah. And look, as I said. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
There was moments there, like every Supercoach game, where it could have changed. 29 points isn't really much. There was obviously the stags, could have got trices, could have got line break assists. There was a couple of times where I thought Kyle Felt should have scored. Uh, he had an offload that, 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 that he didn't land, that if he would have got that, that would have been a try assist. There was a couple of times they dummy to him. He probably sh- should have scored. He didn't. So, you know, it can go either way. The end result is the end result. 933 to 904. That brings the curtain down on a, another season of Supercoach Draft by far and away uh, the most disappointing for me just because uh, of how good my team was. I uh, I think that would be the best team to never win a comp, to be honest with you. And uh, maybe boys have had other teams throughout the years uh, that could you know, they, they could put up to try and compete with that. But I personally uh, don't think there would be another team that hasn't won that would be as good as mine this year. So especially when you consider I, I, I had to take Turbo out of it mid-season as well, which uh, was a tough, tough pill to swallow that trade. Uh, I still think I made the right decision with that trade, though, obviously. Um, obviously, Cody Walker didn't play this weekend. Jermaine Osako, he has still continued to score very, very well. He just keeps scoring tries. It's been fucking insane. But uh, KP was the big one to get. There's no doubt about that. He obviously moved back to fullback, took up the goal kicking. Had His run home was fucking incredible, like a 100-point average. So when I've got Nathan Cleary and KP both going 100-plus as you know my top three picks, and Stevie's getting 43 by, from his top three picks, no excuses whatsoever. Well and truly outdrafted. And we will have a preview coming over the next few days for uh, the Supercoast Draft Grand Final in our comp. I'll have to sit down and have a close look at both their teams. I don't obviously know it as well as my side, so I'll have a close look at it. Had a look at the waiver wire this morning. I thought there was some interesting moves, some that I wouldn't have done, some that I don't agree with. I think some of them are a little bit sideways. So we'll take a deep dive into all of those a little bit later, probably tomorrow, probably tomorrow or Friday on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 